The Women's Fund for Scotland is Scotland's only dedicated fund for women and girls. I'm Susan Morrison and this is our podcast where we talk to inspiring women improving the lives of those women and girls today. A small group might not sound very powerful, but when it's a small group of women and they've got weevolution behind them, well, they can be very powerful, as Karen tells us. Hello, Karen from Weevolution. Hi, Susan. Now, that name, Weevolution, now, so it's not a wee revolution. It's a we revolution, evolution. Yes, it is. It's a we, as in we do it ourselves, we do it together, we do it with everyone. Although, to be fair, a wee revolution can be a dangerous thing, just a wee toty, a little toty movement can, because I always think, you know, women getting together can be quite dangerous. I mean, look at Macbeth, it was just three women there. I don't know about dangerous, but definitely powerful. Oh, in Macbeth's case, it was the most unwelcome career advice ever. I should really just have ignored those three dames, but never mind. But yeah, women coming together can be really powerful. Can you just tell us a little bit about the background of Weevolution? Yeah, so it was a charity that started in 2011 um, and based on the self-help group movement in India. A group of 13 women from impoverished backgrounds, marginalised backgrounds, went out to India to be introduced to the whole idea of small groups of women coming together to better their lives. And so that was brought back to Scotland to see what we could do here. And that started the whole self-reliant group movement that has now recently changed its name to small, powerful group movement. The very first group that started as part of Revolution was in Proven Mill. And a group of women there started up a lunch club, which grew and grew and grew. And within a couple of years, they completely took over a room in the basement and with matching funding that they sourced themselves and funding from Revolution, they opened a laundrette called Fluff and Fold, which is still going strong now and employs three people. What a fabulous title, Fluff and Fold. Fluff and Fold. I also love the way you say that they took over the room. It's like, shh, let's just, yeah. we'll just take it over. We'll just put well, some... It wasn't being used for anything. <laughs> we'll stick in some washing machines. Nobody will notice. <laughs> and since then, Weevolution has supported over a thousand women to come together in different groups to incubate ideas about starting businesses or even just coming together as support groups for one another. Oh, so I, I was right, in fact, Macbeth Switches are a small, powerful group. Yes, indeed. <laughs> So can I just take you back a little bit? So is this akin to what I used to know as microcredit? microloans? No, they do do microloans, um, but to a group, not to an individual. Uh, right. Yeah, so it is different from that point of view. So the whole idea mainly is to be more self-reliant and do it yourselves. And bringing together, as you say, these these groups to uh, into small, powerful groups. How, yeah. how small does a group have to be to get powerful? A, <laughs> a group of three. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, a group of three witches together. Um, and it can go up to, I think, probably the biggest group we've got has got 10. That's still quite small, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. it makes a, a massive multinational. And how does it actually work? So basically, most women don't know that they have skills. A lot of marginalised women um, from living on the schemes, from you know marginalised backgrounds, from benefits, 
um, don't know that they have skills that they can actually use and monetize. And so Revolution introduces women and supports them to start these groups. And the groups come together preferably weekly, but sometimes it's monthly. Also preferably face-to-face, but it can be done online as well. And these groups save together. So on average is a pound a week per person. Um, And this savings pot slowly grows and grows and grows. And then it can be lent out to other members of the group. It can be to start up micro businesses. It can be for buying materials to start an idea or project. It can be used for the whole group as a whole if they don't want to lend it individually. But the idea is, is that say you borrow £50, £100, then you pay back an extra tenner so that your savings pot grows as well. We have, I think, at the moment, I think there's about 150 micro businesses out of all of the different groups. Um, People, you know, crochet, knitting, creating various different craft things, candles, clothes. I make bras, Um, lots of tiny little micro businesses that are springing up, you know, selling at craft fairs, Christmas fairs, all sorts of things like that, putting money back into the group um, for the group to save. People that aren't on benefits can obviously keep all of their money that they've earned, but people that are on benefits can take out small stipends from it and plus all of their like voluntary expenses and travel and materials and things like that. This is how Building Society started. But where did you come up with the idea from? You did mention India. So yes, it wasn't me. I've been part of Weevolution for eight years. So this went was on going on for a couple of years before I joined. Um it was uh, our founder Noel Matthias, he is from Mumbai. He was a Catholic priest as well. And then he saw it, he knew of it and saw it happening round about him. And the whole inspiration came from his mum, Alice, who always had little side hustles going um, and being able to educate her sons and you know keep a roof over their heads and food on the table. And so that's where the whole idea sprang from or his inspiration. So that's why originally he took the women over to India to see if they could bring the idea back here to start it here in Scotland. It makes really great sense the way you're explaining it, that you get, especially when you're talking about areas of, uh, what's the current buzz phrase now? Areas of economic deprivation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm never, you're never sure, are you? It's, no. And then people putting in just a pound a week and then women letting the money build up. Also, it reminds me of a Scottish tradition. might not be just a Scottish tradition called a menage. Yeah. An insult in Scottish society used to be, ugh, that's stupid, you couldn't run a menage. Yes. I've just realised my mother's a huge stock of Scottish insults, which says an alarming things about my mother, really. Um, But the idea of people coming together like this, women come together and giving the money out, it builds a bond, doesn't it? It does, and vast trust as well, because to be able to, you know, part with money, which is very, very hard to come by, and you know, most people don't think they have anything spare, does instantly, you know, you're investing a part of yourself into the group, and you're also building instant trust because you've all got control of all of the money. So it starts off very small, but soon, you know, you do end up with quite a big pot of money. Since this side of COVID is most of it's into online bank accounts or whatever. But prior to COVID, it was all just literally in a tin that one person kept control of, you know. So it does. It builds trust. But it also gives you something that you know you're going to get some kind of payback from. 
So how do these small powerful groups find each other? I mean, how do the first of all, how do the members of the small powerful groups we could call them SPGs? SPGs, yeah. SPGs. Um, how do they find each other? Do they come to you or it's different again? It's kind of like a pre pre-COVID and post-COVID. Okay. Pre-COVID, it was most people knew each other and were groups of friends, or they knew each other from a knitting group or a reading group or you know, something along those kind of ideas and decided to branch out. Post-COVID has become online. So now Weevolution advertises on social media um, and people that are interested then approach and fill in forms and they get matched up by the staff of Weevolution. And then everything is explained. They're put into WhatsApp groups. Everything is explained and talked about. And you go through a series of coaching, normally for about six weeks. And then at the end of it is decided whether you want to actually stay and become an SPG or not. Um, and then there's groups. There's quite a lot of enticement. There's some um, trust money involved, which once you've been part of a group for a minimum of three months and regularly saving, regularly meeting, and you're meeting the criteria, then you can apply for trust money, which was something that was mainly from churches, out of which groups can have £100 each up to a maximum of £500. And that is as a gift that goes into the group's pot of money for the group to then do what they want with. But the idea is, is to grow the pot. So whether it's small loans between each other or business loans, something like that, and then with a little bit of interest paid back into. Oh, so you must have, do you do sort of training and stuff like that? Yeah, there's a lot of training, like to get the groups up and running and there's training for that. But then once you've got an established group, then there's further training for that. There's a lot of workshops, a lot of business training ideas. There's finance training. There's lots of different workshops for making, you know, for different crafting. Once you've got your training and you've got your money, then you have to think about what you're going to invest in. And where where do the ideas come from? From the women themselves over the time. We'll find that an awful lot of women have these forgotten dreams that they want to or they've always wanted to produce something. They've always wanted to be self-employed or you know, an entrepreneur. Um, and that was where most people get their ideas from is that the first couple of weeks of becoming a group there's an awful lot of different workshops and activities that we do with them to open up their minds and get them thinking one of them is the coke can challenge so you're given an empty can of coke and you're given five minutes and in your small group of three people or whatever what could you make out of this coke can and what could you produce out of a coke can you could fill it with gravel and it could be a doorstop that's a rubbish idea. I've just come up with that. Ignore that completely. No, why not? Are you allowed to cut the Coke can? You can. It doesn't okay. have to stay whole. Okay, 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 okay. You could cut the Coke can down the sides, right, and squish it and turn it into a tea light. Give a group of women five minutes to think about what they could do and suddenly you'll end up with a list of at least 25, 30 things, products long, like jewellery, you know, basic pen holders, watering cans, um, camping cookers you know all sorts of different ideas come out so basically you can do all of that with a coke can what on earth could you do with anything else that you've got you could lay your hands on you know it's it's endless and so this suddenly gets women's minds buzzing and all this you know and they're like what can i do what can i produce and that's where the ideas for their businesses start now you do realize don't you i'm going to go home to, after this i'm going to have have a can of coke and i'm going to stare at that can for ages and decide what you're going to make what did I think of that? Why did I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? 
that must be such a fun workshop to sit in on, though. Oh, it is. It's amazing. Yes. And and every time I do it with people, with different women, that something else comes up that I hadn't even thought of before. Have you got any examples of any any products or anything that you've seen being made? God, there's so many. There are a lot of crocheters or knitters, the people that have been doing that sitting at home for a long time have suddenly started to monetize that, which is brilliant. Because it's also coming back into fashion that, you know, knitted baby clothes and things like that as well. Um, you know, more sustainable products. So that's a good one. But we've got, there's one lady that makes chicken coops and egg boxes, egg honesty boxes and things like that. There's a group down in Inverclyde that run old fashioned tea parties and sell tickets for that. And quite often theirs goes to, you know, their profits go to local charities. Ah. Oh. Inverclyde, we're going to come to that now because you got a grant from the Women's Fund for Scotland and I think it's been used in Inverclyde. Yeah, it is. It's to to try and uh, get more groups together, to try and um, combine groups together because there are quite a handful of little groups down there that are doing similar things. And so we were trying to see if we could bring them together, even if it wasn't as one big group, you know, because it's better to keep the small small groups, but to try and see if they could cooperate each, with each other and mm. produce bigger things. And that is starting to happen. So there were three individual groups with only two members in each group that have come together to hold Christmas fair so they've come together to rent two tables between the three of them to sell their products and things like that but it's to try and also aim at maybe people that have already got the startings of a business idea or even maybe got a small business going already and get those ladies to come together into support groups because starting any kind of business is a very very lonely job and it's difficult to network. Uh, it's difficult to find out where you're heading or find out local information. And so we're hoping that is what we're trying to achieve is women coming together so that they're not alone fighting. There is actually you know, a strong force behind them and a lot of support behind them. Um, so we're finding that instead of just women from marginalized backgrounds coming together and discovering that they have something within them already, that they're trying to find people that maybe have a little idea or a small business already started that can be incubated and helped along. Do you find that women sometimes have a bit of a confidence issue when it comes? Oh, God, yeah, imposter syndrome, you know, and everything. As part of the training and the support of early groups is to give people the confidence, to give women the confidence, because so many women They've been bringing up children, they've been out of the workforce and your kids start school and then suddenly it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I can't do anything. I'm worthless. I'm useless. And you're not, you know, women are just absolutely awesome. They've got so much going for them that it just takes a little bit of handholding and a little bit of confidence and and away they go. Do you think that's also one of the powers of, of that small group? Oh, Absolutely. And bigging each other up, you know, that women should support each other. Yeah, you know, none of this ripping down and tearing down. And you actually find that women from more deprived areas, when you do get together, they help each other up far more than from more middle class areas that feel as though they're in competition with their neighbours and in competition with other women. Whereas the women that we meet, most of the time aren't. And you're there for each other and also not just for your own group but there's a whole movement so there's cross 
Scotland. Um, there's partners in Manchester, Leeds, Wales and Rotterdam. And across the whole movement, members of groups can contact anybody and anyone and you'll get support from all of the women, not just the women within your own area or your own group. It's it's huge and it is absolutely amazing. Men have been doing this for a long time. We even have a term for it, the Old Boys Network. Yes. But you see, the Old Boys Network are nine times out of ten are money, don't they? They're all old Etonians and things. Yes, yes, they are. They are they are. But but women, the women that you're talking about forming this these small powerful groups, which are all feeding into a larger powerful group. Yes. I, I think if I was a member of the Old Boys Network, I would start to become quite nervous of these women. And so they should, right? Rightfully so, because it seems to me as if you've tapped into a huge reservoir of talent. Definitely. You know, there's every single female in Scotland is an underused asset. Oh, I don't know about me. I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm used up. But all of the women, this is the Scotland is a small country and we don't really have enough people in it to do all the jobs and all the stuff that we need. So every human being is valuable and you're tapping into a resource which I think is being overlooked. Absolutely. We have come up with a saying is the uh, the forgotten entrepreneurs or the hidden entrepreneurs. And that's basically what we feel that an awful lot of women from these kind of backgrounds, if they had an idea, wouldn't know where to go. But even if they did know where to go, they would just be laughed at or, you know, poo pooed out of the place. The job centres certainly wouldn't give them any support or any way forward. The first thing they'll say is, oh, you're going to lose your benefits, you know, which instantly puts women off. But anywhere else as well that you go, people all say, you know, where are you going to get your funding from? Where are you going to do this, that and the other? You know, you need to go and do it in a premises. How are you going to go about that? Whereas the angle from evolution is the self-reliance, is that you come together as a group and with the savings, there's your funding. You start off small, you take baby steps, it's one step at a time. You don't jump into premises, you don't jump into having to have you know, own a, a shop front. Um, you, you do it small and you can do it from home and you can do it while you're on benefits. You can't earn the money from it, but you could certainly get your name out there. You can get your goods, your products recognized. You can get a certain following. And then when the time is right, you can take that giant leap with the support of all of the rest of the women in Scotland to start the business and you know to launch properly. And then you can do the coming off the benefits and all the scary, scary stuff. It's 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 not scary. It's great though. I'm I'm always interested, I'm always amused by the people that poo-poo these ideas. Uh, you know, you know, you're actually right. If a woman from the wrong background goes into a bank to get try and get a loan. No, it's true. It's just unbelievable. Revolution do have a small business loans thing, which is to the group, um, but it can be one person within the group, but it's it's the loan is to the whole group. So they have the responsibility um, and then holding the one person accountable for it. But it could be small, small loans from £100 up to 7000 I think. But the um, interest is so tiny and you know, the repayment plans and you can have repayment breaks um, and all sorts and and stretch out the repayment period and those are for launching businesses um or for you know testing ideas business ideas oh you see you just said something there that i think is really important uh, which is tremendous flexibility yeah 
And women's lives are quite complicated. Well, know. they are. And you never know what's going to happen the next day. You know, you can't work for a couple of weeks because one of the kids is sick, you know, all that kind of stuff. You just do not know. And so there is serious flexibility with it. So that is one reason, again, why women supporting other women is valuable, because they understand the complexity of women's lives. Absolutely. And also, you said something, testing out. I think that's very important because um, failure, despite what they might have said, is an option. You can't grow anything without failing first. You have to have made mistakes along the way to learn from those mistakes to make something better. It has to happen. And especially with life out there at the moment, and it has been for the last few years, is that you do not know from one day to the next what's going to happen next. You don't know what the market's going to be like out there. You don't know who's going to buy your products, if there's going to be an interest in it. Because what used to you know people did want a couple of years ago nobody could even look at now um it's it's just the market is changing almost daily and so people's products and ideas have to change to go with it and if you do manage to get a loan from somewhere or funding from someone then you only have a year you have to tick all the boxes that they gave you that company gave you for the funding and then if you want to apply for them again, you have to change your boxes. <laughs> you know, so if you decide that you want to make something and you go for funding for it, then next year you've actually got to make something different because you've done that last year and you ticked all their boxes last year. So to get that same funding, you now have to reimagine yourself. So being part of a small, powerful group, you don't have to. You, know, you are completely and utterly in charge of what you do, how you do it, and how long you do it for. Because for the most part, you're self-funded. And again, it's that that resilience within the group as well. But the other thing that I, I think fascinating is if you help women, particularly from deprived backgrounds, you're helping an entire family. Absolutely. A wee revolution is actually can change the world. It's so true that I have five children. Um, a single Lord. <laughs> single mum. And when I got into Weevolution, was introduced to Weevolution. It took a couple of years to uh, get my head around the whole idea that I am not useless and I am not, um, you know, that there are things that I can do. And and then I started producing things, started making, and it influenced, you know, changed my life, but also my kids. My 13-year-old son at the time, first year in high school, asked for a sewing machine for Christmas. And I'm like, right, okay. Bought him a sewing machine. He spent the whole week and a half until term started making waistcoats to put Nerf bullets in and sold them all to his friends at school. Wow. Absolutely brilliant. (laughs) My other wee son was um, drawing and making pictures, took them into his school and got his teacher to laminate them and then chopped them all up, sold them to the teacher who gave them out to the class as well done presents. So he started this little bookmark business. You know, it's just kind of like, and that's my kids are still like that now. Every single thing they go, oh, that's a good idea. We can do that. And they've got such an entrepreneurial spirit going on about them. And then you you meet? I make um, mastectomy bras. My first business venture with Revolution Support was a company called Miss Fix It. So I decided that there's lots of little old women out there that don't like strange men in their houses to fix things, but would accept a strange woman. And I was that woman. Um, <laughs> and it was a... An amazing a little started off tiny, wanted to do it 10 till 2 when the kids were at school um, and went in, uh, did decorating, hate decorating, by the way. But I did it. Um, flat pack building, putting up shelves, tiling, plastering. Um, so, yeah, Weevolution 
provided the training for me. They sent me on um, plastering course, um, laminate floor course, all this kind of stuff that they pay for and allowed me to do this as a business. But very soon, 10 till 2 turned into evenings and then it turned into weekends. And then all of a sudden, my kids were eating takeaways five nights a week. <laughs> um, and I, I just couldn't say no, though, because there were so many people that needed help. Um, but then COVID happened and lockdown happened. So that put a stop to it. So I couldn't go into people's houses anymore. So the first couple of months was absolutely great. And then I discovered that COVID wasn't the worst thing that you could catch. Um, and I got necrotizing fasciitis, which <gasps> is a flesh-eating bug. I know. Oh, my goodness me. So within six hours of uh, being in hospital in absolute agony, I was on an operating table having a mastectomy and a huge part of my upper body flesh removed with only a 30% chance of walking out of the hospital. Um, but, yep, I survived. I did with quite a big bit of my body missing. Since then, I haven't been physically capable of going back to the DIY job. No. But um, discovered that there is a disgusting lack of options and choice for women with mastectomies out there. So I've been a sewer for years, used to make all my kids clothes and all that kind of stuff. And so I thought I'd try my hand at bras. So yeah, that's now I'm called One Boob Business. <laughs> and I make personalized bespoke bras for women with mastectomies or lumpectomies or just generally one boob vastly different in size to the other but I also make um, soft squishy prosthetics and adapt ready to wear bras so people can go and buy one off the peg a gorgeous lacy number and I will adapt it to fit them so that we don't have to walk around wearing gray granny bras because that seems to be all that's out there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is. It's not a great choice. No. That is something of a pivot right there, isn't it? Mm. Although I love the idea of you going from being a plasterer to, to yeah. a, boob a bra boob. maker. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does the future hold for Weevolution then? Oh, hopefully a complete worldwide domination of women. Oh, wow. Karen, what a great story and so inspiring and so wonderful to speak to you. Thank you for joining us and listening to this story. I hope you've been inspired. And if you would like to support the Women's Fund for Scotland, search for us online and listen out for our other podcast episodes.